Okay, it's only because of, of technical difficulties that I was unable to, like, I know you're not supposed to have a lot of people in one place, but I actually had hired an orchestra for this week's um, theme song. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to, I was unable to record it. I forgot to press record. It's a longer story. Anyway. <laughs> Point being, because of physical <clears throat> distancing. Yes, I, had to, I physically distanced myself from the record button like a dummy. Um, <laughs> but I, I okay. But I think I have a, I have a, I have a good. Uh, here's a theme. Okay. Good substitution. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there's farmers throwing out food, and yet there's many people hungry. Let's get the food to the people. That's an aha. Hey, Kyle Larson. There's two R's, and you're fired. That's a ha. <laughs> Ha ha's the ha's with Stibble and Steve. <laughs> topical and musical. Hello, that's, everyone. That's our theme. What's happening? From ha ha's to ahas, I'm Sybil Wilkes, and he is Stephen Hill. I am Stephen Hill. Last I checked, the back of my shirt where my mom type put my tag in. <laughs> for camp or just every day? No, you know, for my last job. <laughs> <laughs> It's president of BT. <laughs> she would have put that on the label too, but it didn't fit. So. <laughs> but it was understood. <laughs> All right. So let's start off with some topical stuff. What's going on? Let's talk about this week that was the vice president wants to be president and other people are agreeing with him. So Say what? Here we Mike have, Pence yeah. wants to what? <laughs> Mike Pence wants to what? Mm, we'll come back to that when Mike Pence want to be president too, but keep oh, going. He does. He does. Oh, keep going. He You're right. He's right. setting himself up. Yeah. He's know. like his his <laughs> friend's dating the girl now, but he know the girl gonna get rid of him pretty soon and like I'm gonna put myself in position. He gonna put himself in position like, <laughs> yo, this 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 relationship is untenuous. I'm going to be right here. Anyhow, I'm sorry. This right here? <laughs> so I, the vice president that I was referring to, to whom I was referring, is Joe Martin Biden. Van Buren? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> so he would like to be president, and it looks like he's the only one left in the race right now. Of course, Sanders was the last one to fall out of the race last week. And this week he has announced his endorsement. So with the endorsement now suspended the race endorsed the next day, Joe Biden's former boss, fellow by the name of Barack Obama, he endorsed Joe Biden for the presidency. And then the next day after that, Elizabeth Warren said, okay, all right, I'll go along with the rest of the fellas. How do you spell, yeah. how do you spell reluctant? <laughs> W-A-R-R-E-N. Yeah, 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 yeah. So do you think it was a, re a reluctant move on her part? It wasn't reluctant. What is she going to do? Come out and say like, no, I'm going to go on. I'm going with the Trump camp, right? I'm not sure how she thought she was going to play it. The same mm -hmm. thing with Bernie Sanders. Like there's, there's, there's no independent candidate. It was, it wasn't a mystery. It was like the, it was a miss. It was not a mystery. They were, they were going to come for, uh, for Biden. 
I just wonder what happened behind the scenes, if anything happened, if they were able to get anything. But, you know, they probably negotiated like Malo from The Wire. Like, can we do this? Nope, we're going to do it. This <laughs> can we do this? Nah, it's not going to be the way you want it to be. Right. That's 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 that Biden is in that position now because what do you you're not supporting Trump. So you're, you're you know, you're going to come out. I'm glad Obama waited till everybody was out of the race, though. That was a classy thing to do. I think it was the right thing to do. And I, from what I hear, he was willing to give his support a while ago. But Biden asked him not to. If really? that is true, it, really? it's continuation of the class that both of them exhibit and exemplify. But. Here's, I think there has been some discussion, Steve, and it is about the, um, it's about the conversation that did happen before the endorsements were made. And the reason why I say that is because if you'll notice this past week, there has been more discussion on Joe Biden's part about some of the issues that the more progressive candidates were talking about, which was eliminating student debt. And, and, and in this case, it was regarding um, the coronavirus crisis and eliminating student debt and other more progressive moves. So uh, as w expanding Social Security is another example. And if you'll notice, Elizabeth Warren's name wasn't high on the list this week until or, or I should say her name wasn't high on the list in weeks previous until this last week when I think they started having discussions. And now her name is at near the top of the list, if not at the top of the list for vice presidential running mates. Oh, who else is on it? It says Elizabeth Warren, uh, Sybil Wilkes, uh, Kamala Harris. <laughs> yes, who else? Yes. Uh, one young woman who is really pitching hard doesn't have the experience that some of these other women do, but Stacy Abrams, Abrams from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would it would be that would be a shocker. I think that, that would be. That would be. Um, another name is uh, Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, as well as there's a Hispanic woman. Um, I want to say she's from like from New Mexico or something. Uh, she is her name is because they, you know, they really need to appeal to Hispanics, which is something that um, Joe Biden doesn't have a lot of support among Hispanics, right. from right. what I understand. So we'll see. Um, as far as the other guy, um, the Bernie supporters are reluctant and there is still conversation about writing Bernie's name in on the ballot. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? No. What is that going to? You know what? Is that a, it's those darn millennials, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> those darn millennials. Like they want to make a point. Like they, anyhow, And I don't I mean that somewhat facetiously, but, but right. at the end of the day, there's. A, a, a write-in vote for Bernie Sanders is a vote for, a vote for Donald Trump. And the sooner yeah. people understand that, that's good. I'm hoping that makes the difference. I understand you're upset your candidate didn't win. I understand you were passionate about it. I love the fact that young folks are passionate about their politics and their candidate in this case. So I'm not taking away from that, but understand that your candidate, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And it doesn't mean, well, I'm going to sit on the sidelines then. And, you know, e even though my greater good is at stake and I can help myself out, my particular guy didn't win. Okay, but a vote of a, a write-in vote for 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 us, Bernie is a vote for Trump, and that has been the problem in years past. 
you know, with those third party candidates. Mm -hmm. But here's somebody who would be a really great running mate for Biden. Unfortunately, and she would check off a lot of boxes, except for the fact she's not old enough. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ooh, you think? Okay, so is she only hated by um, Republicans or does she split the Democratic Party as well? I think she would bring... Or moderates, actually, more 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 moderates, right? The people, yeah. the people that are on the fence between Trump and Biden, does she is she more like honey or repellent? Repellent. Yeah, I guess the thing. But I think that they they believe they might get more votes from the Bernie supporters that would cancel out those that are on the fence. <sighs> yeah, but Bernie, uh, like. <laughs> I know. So, so what that it does is it, it 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 energizes the Bernie supporters who would just not vote, right? So we're not talking about whether you're on the fence between if you're going to vote for Biden or Trump. Trump. You're Trump. saying that she would energize people who would just sit at home, and that's her value. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot of her value. And interesting. Yeah. yeah. So here's another guy who is a big. Time Georgia Democrat. He's a state representative. His name is Vernon Jones. He has endorsed Donald Trump. And he's a black man. I don't know who, uh, please, uh, Sybil, fill me in. Who is Vernon Jones and where can I find him? Vernon (laughs) Jones. He has been a longtime politician in, in Atlanta, especially, but he is a state representative. And now he is a Donald Trump supporter. He says he likes what Donald Trump has done for the economy. He likes what he's done in terms of the criminal justice reform. And he is pissing off a lot of people, especially the Democrats in Georgia. And it's going to be interesting to see how his political career goes from here. Yo, his, I, give me his address. I'm just saying, I, I'm going to send Kyle Larson over there. Just say one word to him. Just one word. Kyle, Kyle, go over to the house, man. Drive your little, your little former NASCAR ass over to the house <laughs> and just stand in front of his door and say that one word that got you fired. Go ahead, player. Do now, that. Tell, Do that, Kyle. Tell, tell the Kyle Larson story. Kyle Larson is a NASCAR player. Since there are no NASCAR events, they're doing them online in kind of a mm-hmm. kind of like racing, like video games. Kyle Larson was racing someone else who I do not know. Kyle R- Larson was racing. All of a sudden, he couldn't hear. He said, uh, "Hello, uh, hello." Can-? And so we could hear him, but he thought that we couldn't hear him. Uh, mm-hmm. We in the audience. I wasn't there, but I'm using <laughs> we. Um, uh, and then he said, "Yeah, hello, hello, hello." And he said, "Hey, N word." Just like like straight now, I want to be clear. Yeah. Um. This was the N word with the R, like hard R. Hard like, R. Like it was like the John Holmes of R's. Like it was a <laughs> R. Like it, was, it was like a. It was like an amazingly hard R at the end of that. Um. And so, <laughs> his friend goes, "Uh, buddy, we can hear you." <laughs> Uh, buddy, uh, um, uh, buddy, uh, uh, we can hear you. And then there's that. There was that sound. There's the sound that nothing makes when you realize the jig is up. That's Uh-oh. the sound that you heard. Did it's you like, say jig or n- 
<laughs> when niggas up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyhow, so he was fired immediately, got all his endorsements, and he and he made a really uh, a horrible apology. But you know, it was it was clear that way. He said it, it wasn't his first time saying it. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's a word you should never say. I'm like, that's not your first time. That's your first time getting caught, player. That's just the way it rolls. So here's the interesting thing about this guy. He got in through the diversity program meant for minorities to get into NASCAR. Because he's stop. half what? Japanese. I'm sorry, what? 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 I missed this part. Remember, what happened? Remember your um who is it? Is it Max Siegel started the yeah, diversity yeah. program, right? Yeah. For NASCAR drivers. This yeah. is how he got into the program. Because he's so he's worked work. with a lot of mm's and he still chose to use this. He's right. half Japanese, I believe, and that's how he got in. So here's so here's the thing, and I'm I'm and I make jokes about it, and but but there's something that's not funny, is that there are an increasing number of Caucasians that are now using that word as a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Right. They do it to each other. They will never do it in when another uh, black person is around, but they will use that as a term of endearment or sometimes it, this happened to uh, my nephew. Uh, he was at school and someone uh, just in his presence said, oh, effing N word. Now, it was just a curse like, oh, shoot. Like it was just the same thing as, oh, shoot. But it's been. Huh? it's in their heads. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with that. It's like, that's the way that's, that's, that's how this word is being used in different ways now. So I go take that back to Carl Larson. Carl Larson has probably used that with many of his um, Caucasian and half Japanese friends a number of times where they call each other that word because they're envious of black folks being able to do just that. That that's the thing. They're envious because, you know, a generation repurposed that word in a way that I candidly have to always say it doesn't work for me, but if it works for mm-hmm. the folks, fine. Um, but he, you know, they want it themselves. They, they, they want something that they shouldn't have and they use it uh, even when not around. Does that make any sense? Aha. So how did your nephew react to this? What was that discussion? <laughs> Change schools. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. not a that's not a that's not a lie actually. Um, uh, you know, my nephew is the best. He's just one of the best kids people on the planet, uh, and so uh, it, it was addressed by uh, the families and to the to the kids' credit, and to the family's credit, they owned up to it. They never tried to run away from it. Um, they, they 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 explain that just that you know this is just a, it's just an expression of oh shoot or, oh darn it's just hmm. effing in and that's that's creeped into the cult creeped into the culture um he'll never do it again i believe that the kid like kid it, it's one of those like it's not the kid's a good kid right everything else you know i never want to define somebody by their worst action um mm-hmm. so the kid's a good kid he he's just been around this and 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 and, and use that word in that term so Anyhow, but yeah, my man trying schools, change schools, different district. And will they say the same thing about Kyle Larson? What's that? Will they say the same thing about Kyle Larson when they hire him back? No, no, no. I mean, you're in the the public eye. You're held to a different standard. It's not, I mean, maybe in a few years, maybe, um, Mm -hmm. but he'll have to, you know, you know, 
donate to the NAACP march with Farrakhan, all that kind of stuff. So march with that's Farrakhan. that's gonna have to happen first. So <laughs> <laughs> then maybe we'll let him in. Okay, and donate to Cardi B's funds somehow. Um, Coronavirus is really real. <laughs> Do that again for me. Coronavirus is really real. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, yeah. have you checked your bank account? Why? Why would I check my bank account? Your stimulus check did, is did, in. Did you, did you did you do something? What you say? Wait, wait, what? To see if your stimulus check came in. No, is it due? Yes, there are a lot of people have already reported. They started getting the stimulus check on Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, so does everybody get what? What? What are the? What are the? What's the criteria for you getting for getting a stimulus check? All right, so twelve hundred dollars is the most one individual can get. Mm-hmm. If you make seventy five thousand less than seventy five thousand dollars, so you get twelve hundred dollars. If this is what you have claimed on your last two thousand eighteen or two thousand nineteen tax return, it goes down from twelve hundred for every hundred dollars up to ninety nine thousand dollars. So you get twelve hundred dollars for 75,000 or less. And then as you go to 80 and 90 and 95, it's a little less than $1,200. And if you have a couple filing jointly and they make a combination of $158,000, then they get a check for $2,400 collectively, $500 for each child under 17. So that, if you you're, get into that, any that you're that you're any any uh, in, uh, that you're dating or that you have as your own child, because <laughs> <laughs> I could I could change that around if I need to. And, well, that's here's something joke, that might apply jokes, to you, just, but not depending depending on what state you're in. That's just a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I'm not sure if this is a joke for you or not, but mm-hmm. people who hold child support will not be getting a stimulus check. <laughs> that doesn't apply to me, but okay. I applaud. Okay. I applaud. I applaud that move by the government. I applaud. Okay. I a hundred percent applaud that move. I like. And it. you do not pay tax on this stimulus check. Interesting. So if you if so if if you didn't, I'm not saying I didn't get a stimulus check, but say for example, if I opened my phone just now, went to my bank account, looked and saw no increase, and started crying horribly and grabbed tissue and started crying, where would I go? Where would where would someone go next? Mm-hmm. Out uh, uh, how they can get their money. Go to the website irs.gov, and they have a tool that you can enter your information, and then you will find out if you are going to get a check and where you are in the queue in the line right now in terms of getting that check. Some folks in getting Social Security prefer to get a check, a real paper check, mm-hmm. and so that's going to take a little bit longer, but on those paper checks is going to be a once in a lifetime signature from a president. Wait, what? Wait, wait. Yeah, Donald run, Trump's run, run, run. signature is going to be on the stimulus paper checks. Talk to me about how that came about, please. How how that happen? He wanted to see his name and wanted everybody else to see that he's the guy that provided 
this money for the American people. All the Americans are getting their money thanks to Donald Trump. Does nar- what rhyme yeah. what rhymes with what rhymes with narcissism? It doesn't That's even begin. Nothing. It's it's it, look. It's it, he he's unraveling. I'm really concerned because he's unraveling. Um, yeah. And every all right. I'm not. I don't let me, yeah. yeah. There's so many things going on. I hope you. Oh, by the way, let, we we we. I think we said this at the top, but I hope you're staying safe. Stay safe. Stay inside. Uh, still, they're going to talk about when things should be open up again, and there's some uh, there's some optimistic language around uh, around the middle of May. Um, but uh, do not, and you can tell your boss I said so, do not go back to work until you feel safe. Right. Boom. Boom. Now, you'll, you can yeah. weigh your own economic versus your health, and everybody's got their own, and I respect all that, but, like, don't go back. Um, and, uh, until, until you feel the time is right. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And here's the other thing. Um, even though the, they, well, I think your governor said that they believe the curve is flattening. It's yes. starting to show some flattening um, in other states as well. That's just a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Don't don't mm-hmm. get so excited, please. Let's just sure. be careful, as you said, and wash and your hands. Say, yeah. And as we say that, we do understand uh, the quarantining is tough, whether you're by yourself, like myself, or with others. Uh, um, and uh, sometimes it's just an untenable situation to stay in your house with someone, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes, and we have a guest. We're going to talk about that with a community activist and a woman who knows about battered women. And uh, she has established a home called Women Called Moses, a a nonprofit in Texas. So let's go to the phone and say hello to Deborah Nixon. Hey, Deborah. Hello, Sybil. How are you? I'm well, darling. How are you? Well, between these abusers and the COVID-19, it's a little crazy out here, but I'm yet grateful to God. I'm still alive. And Amen. Healthy. And healthy and able to help women and, and children who are victims of domestic violence. Tell us about Women Called Moses. Women Called Moses is a nonprofit organization that's been in existence for 17 years. And the reason I started this organization, I am a survivor of domestic violence. And I'm also a young lady that experienced it at home, uh, you know, just being in a dysfunctional household due to domestic violence. And I just felt compelled uh, to come out and educate people, especially people like me, corporate women, uh, women that have careers, uh, you know, people that don't think it can happen to them. And uh, just so important. Uh, for me to uh, continue to bring awareness to my community. This is a time, as we have talked about, the fact that that we were warned as a part of self-quarantining, of self-isolating rather, that there would be an increase in the number of domestic violence, child abuse cases, and what have you. And it has come to pass, hasn't it? Most definitely it has, and it makes it even worse now. Our numbers have tripled. Uh, where we used to get 100 calls, we're actually getting three to 400 calls a day uh, from agency, survivors, uh, potential victims. And uh, last year, 
we probably received this. I think I was looking at our report. Uh, the month of April, we received like 300 calls uh, in the mid of um, April. And right now we're right at about 600 calls into April. Uh, wow. So what, what, if, if people are home, home, besides calling you, if people are home with, uh, with an abuser, what are some things that they should do? Most definitely, the first thing I try to do is tell uh, my survivors to go in a safe place. Most of all, try to de-escalate. Uh, and what I mean by that, if the perpetrator is trying to argue with her or to uh, cause some type of friction, some type of abuse, please try to defuse that uh, because that's what he wants her to do. He's provoking. And these uh, perpetrators know that due to the COVID-19 that uh, police uh, are not coming out as often. They're trying to have so many cases out here with the COVID and, of course, with the increase of domestic violence incoming calls and not enough people on staff. Uh, they know that it's going to take a little bit. So uh, the perpetrators use the net into their advantage uh, right now. And it's very difficult for our um, survivors right now because these perpetrators, they're experts at it. And I use the scenario that you remember the movie, uh, What Love Got to Do With It with Ike and oh. Tina. Yes. And I uh, remember when the young man said, uh, just eat the cake anime. I tell my survivors, you know, if you want a glass of water, just give a man a glass of water. Uh, if you want the kids to turn the TV off, just turn it off, uh, you know, to just de-escalate it because that's what he wants to do. Because eventually after he does that with the uh, mother, next is going to be the kids that he go after. Mm. What can we do to help people who are in a home of violence and our friends are telling us what's going on or we're gathering that there's a problem? What can we do to help them, like get money for them, have them go to a place where we can get clothes for them and, and, and secure a place and a way to, for them to get away? Well, the most important thing right now, uh, due to the COVID-19, uh, you want to designate a code word, uh, especially if you have a friend or someone that's going through it, kind of give her a password, like choose an anonymous code. Uh, so when she calls you and say, uh, yeah, my shoes, I'm trying to find those shoes that you wanted, that means call 911, have the police to come out. If she says, you know, my kids need some grit. Uh, that means she wants you to call the police. He has weapons in the house. Uh, so you want to give her some uh, cold words that when she calls you or calls someone else that they are in danger, please call the cops. And make sure you have a good address for the police to call when you call the dispatcher and let them know. Another thing is for you to make sure that that particular person have a safe place in the house where there's no weapons so the police officer can get there and don't have them to call you first, have them to always call 911 and give the address right then and there. Don't try to go into detail. Just have a cop to call, please. I'm at so-and-so, so-and-so. Just be clear. Just teach them and role play with them, which you have to be careful of. Uh, we had a situation last week uh, where a sister, uh, two sisters were talking and the uh, perpetrator heard them talk. And uh, when she got off the phone, he immediately started beating on her. And he said, you think I'm allowing your sister to come over here? I'll kill her and you. 
and uh, he had been, he had a gadget. He had downloaded the phone numbers and everything of her iPad. And he started calling all her friends saying, if you come here, I will kill her. I know you've been talking to her about domestic violence. You told her about that shelter. So you even have to be careful when you're talking on the phone because remember the perpetrator is in the house. And if he feels that anyone is trying to take her or the kids away, then guess what? He's going to retaliate against her or the kids. And even uh, so, so if we if we if we have friends who we suspect or fear are in uh, domestic abuse situations, but they have not reached out to us, should we reach out to them to have a conversation with them to to see if we can engage them and then put these safety these uh, safety things in, in place that you're talking about? Yeah, you can call and just say you pretty much know if you haven't heard and I uh, lately. Um, if you have not heard from a friend within 30 days and she's been isolated, then I think you should give a welfare check call and just say, hey, how are you? Just be very cordial because remember the perpetrator is there. You might want to say, do you want to talk? Do the kids have food? How are you? When are you going back to work? And she's eventually going to say something like, girl, it's crazy in this house. This man is about to lose it. And at that point, you most definitely want to give them a 1-800 number. I try to tell family members, be very careful because the perpetrator, uh, normally if he's going to try to murder the, the uh, victim or the kids, he's going after whoever is trying to take her, whether it's the mother, the siblings, the brother, that's what he's going after as well. So if you can, just give him the 1-800 number, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. And remember, you if you're not uh, educated on this, you can make it worse for her. Because when you get off the phone, he'll be like, oh, did you tell her or him about me? I dare you be. And next thing you know, and she's like, no. And remember, she's in fear because they've been in the house for three weeks and everyone is at high pitch level. And so if he hears that someone is uh, threatening to come to call the cops on him, he's been to prison before, he's not going back to prison. And here it is, you as a man calling to check on your sister, or you might be checking on a friend, that's going to cause some problems. And so I'm hoping that those listeners out there can hear my voice and just say, okay, look, I heard the number. Once again, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 1-800-799-7233. And remember, a lot of the shelters right now are at capacity. One thing that I love about my organization is we work with the larger organizations. So when they call us, we actually put these women in hotels. That is good to know. And can we call as friends of the survivors to get more information on how we might help them? Most definitely. You can also call me and we can role play. Uh, some of my case managers, uh, you know, we can kind of role play with you and tell you, you know, how to, if you suspect there's some abuse going on, how we can help her get an exit plan without involving you. Normally, if you call me and say, hey, Deborah, I have a friend uh, that's going through, I'm going to give her your number or, you know, they'll visit some websites. I kind of would like for family to stay out of it because right now, when the family start calling, it's just going to make it worse for the victim. But we will do some on-phone training. You will be surprised how you can help save a life. All right. I, 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 would, I would love to hear that this is it's tragic and I'm glad you're giving out the phone number again. If you could give the phone number uh, again and 
do you have a story where um, where someone was able to escape their their oppressive situation during this time? Well, we just had one today uh, earlier. Great. Uh, there was a situation. There was three boys of nine years old, a 15 year and a 16 year old. Uh, the perpetrator had actually last week put a chain on the refrigerator where the kids could not eat and a padlock. And so he would not allow the kids to eat, nor could they play any games. He would, uh, the perpetrator would just watch TV and wanted the kids to stay in the room. And somehow one of the kids, uh, turned the TV on and he actually pulled the gun out and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill everybody in the household. I can't go into too much details because I don't know who's listening. Um, but to make a long story short, the three kids ran out of the house. The mom ran out of the house, went to a neighbor and he don't know, he didn't know what neighbor. So by the time she called 911, the police was there. But mind you, she can never go back because if she calls back nine out of 10, he will try to kill her. It's about getting out of the house. I mean, I, I, I mean, Most it's, definitely. It's, it's, it's about, it's, it's, it's about getting away from the danger. Wow. Wow. And the wow. thing of it is, is having an exit plan because the perpetrator, these guys know they're experts. First of all, if you have kids in the household, uh, and I really feel sorry for my babies out here, these kids, and I hope they're listening. Just know that we're doing our best to try to get help. But a lot of children are being abused, abused right now. There were two kids that were murdered. Uh, in four words that broke my heart. Uh, it was such a tragedy, but it's some stories, uh, that you would never hear about. It won't make the news. Uh, CPS is another, uh, partnership that we have, and we're getting a lot of calls from CPS to try to put these kids in safe places. But the thing about it is a lot of our 15 year old, the teenager kids don't want to go into shelters. And wow. most sh shelters, they do not take, especially African American teenager boys. They do not like to take those boys. What do we do if we are in that situation with three African-American boys? Okay. We put them in hotels. Uh, we had a situation, our organization would not take uh, the three boys yesterday, and we actually end up putting them in a hotel. And the thing about it is the kids, you know, they got a lot of PTSD going on. So when mm -hmm. they're in a hotel, even if they're in a home, we have to hurry up and get what we call a psych evaluation. Because you think of this mother, I just want everyone to visualize this. You think of this mother uh, that's been going through this for a year and she decides to really leave and all the shelters are at capacity, very limited resources. That's what the perpetrator used and say, hey, you're coming back once you leave. And so when that mother leaves, remember, she can't go back. And that's why it's important that we get more uh, resources and we all work together to help these women and children, especially with these kids. And mostly my women, and uh, um, the women that I assist, they have six to eight kids, uh -huh. you know, and they don't have transportation. They don't have education. And I'm dealing with some, you know, let's talk about mental health, which is real. Yeah. We're dealing with bipolar. My, a lot of my uh, clients right now don't have their medication. So when they spiral and they're not taking medication and you got a perpetrator in the house and he fears and she fears, well, guess what? Someone is going to come up dead. So when we get these women and children, the first thing we have to do is do a psych evaluation to make sure that mother or that child get their medication. We're talking to Deborah Nixon, and she has a wonderful organization. It's called Women Call Moses. And if there are people out there who are listening to us who can 
donate to you or to be involved and want to support you in some way, how do we get in touch with you? Or have them to uh, visit our website, wcmcares.org. And again, we're not an organization that just started. We've been in the trenches for 17 years. I'm not your typical mm-hmm. CEO that sit behind the desk. I'm actually no, you're not. <laughs> right. I mean, literally, you know, I told uh, someone yesterday, instead of watching for a perpetrator, I have to watch for a bullet and I have to watch for COVID-19. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do want to come back home. But the most fearful thing right now is, is that when we're on the run, is that we don't know if a bullet going to hit or we're going to get, you know, exposed to this virus. And so it's very important that everybody understand uh, that these women that are in these households that are trying to make sure they get their, their children out and as well as herself out of safety. And if she goes back to him and there's not enough resources, it's not going to be a nice picture. So please, you know, visit our website, womencallmoses.org and wcmcares.org. And look, we got to stop just giving toilet paper, uh, hygiene products. These women need real resources. They need jobs. They need automobiles. They need housing. You know, my ladies, I tell people this all the time. She can go in Walmart Walmart and steal some deodorant. That is not what she needs. She needs a place to live and support her children. Help her get to her next life and her her really good life. Yeah. And stop being judgmental unless you've been in someone's shoes. Let me tell you, I'm a woman that thought I had it together. And when my perpetrator hit me for the very first time and I have a big mouth and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice size. And when he hit me for the very first time, the fear that came on me, I cannot explain it. Once the fear came on, then I became shamed to tell someone. And anyone that's listening to me, don't be fearful and don't be ashamed. Just have an exit plan. Have a good support team. You are a true, wonderful picture of a survivor and what can come of a situation like this. So, Deborah Nix, thank you so much for joining us. Will you come back and join Stephen and I again and talk about this? And we will keep you on our prayer list as we continue this crisis situation, but also to get the word out about all the great things that you and other organizations are doing. And once again, what's that 800 number? That number is 1-800-799-7233. And remember, please call 911 if you fearful. Even if you know if a child is being abused or you want a welfare check, you don't have to leave your name. Call the police department. Just call and say, hey, can you do a welfare check on someone at this address? I feel that there's some abuse there. I don't want to get in. How I'm getting involved is making a call. Please go check on it. Mm-hmm. And we just, in the What You Need to Know newsletter, we just did a story about the four children who had died in the last month in Fort Worth as a result as a result of child abuse. Oh yes, and it's not going to get in be- uh, any better. So well, let me say this very quickly: with this uh, similar check coming in, all this extra money, there's more drinking in the household. There's more control because the first thing the perpetrator wants is the money. 
The mother won't release the money because she wants to buy things for her children. And the perpetrator gets angry. He needs to pay his dues. He done been to prison. He got uh, fees that he needs to pay. And so we just have to be mindful of these women and children that do not have a voice. They depend on us. And we have to stand up and help these children and these women. Please, I will say this. Don't take it for granted that it cannot happen to you or your loved one because it's real. That's right. God bless you, Deborah Nixon. We appreciate you. And you keep up the great work and we will stay in touch with you. Yes, ma'am. You guys be blessed and safe. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Be safe. There is a special there's a special place in hell for uh, for perpetrators of domestic violence. I truly believe that there's a like Hitler is waiting for them. Mm. A special place in hell for folks like that. So So Steve, on a lighter note, how's your mom? She's wonderful. Uh, I need to call her after after this because uh, this uh, this started before Trump ended and Trump Mm -hmm. was going off the rails. And so we started this. So we have to do our debrief. But she is wonderful. She is safe. She is 92. She is ensconced in her independent living facility where they have not allowed anybody in who has not taken an alcohol shower in like four weeks. (laughs) If you have not bathed in at least Ciroc, you cannot (laughs) you cannot enter the facility. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, meanwhile, I have friends who are I have friends who are literally 50 years younger who who've gotten the Rona and are getting through it. How's that working for you? How does that make you feel? Uh, it makes me feel helpless because uh, I, I, I just because I always want to be able to help friends. And I've, so I've got mm-hmm. friends who have their own and, and really there's nothing you can do except wait it out. Right. There's no I can't, there's nothing I can bring. Right. There's no sense of smell or sense of taste. So I can't bring food or flowers. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, so there's it, it's all they can do is just wait it out in isolation. Um, and it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's frust- 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 I'm sorry. You asked how it made me feel. It makes me feel frustrated, but I'm really mostly feel horrible for how they feel, yeah. right? What, what my friends are going through. Um, any of them hospitalized? None of them have been hospitalized yet. They're all yeah. just recovering at home. None of them had to be, uh, intubated. Although I heard a story, I won't leave me names and I'd never heard anything like this before. So there was the whole, are there enough ventilators, right? And so the mm-hmm. number of ventilators was the, was the thing, that was the, that was the currency. I heard of a, this is the, this is uh, a, a friend's friend's father. So that's how far away it was. But the hospital said, I'm sorry, you have 10 minutes left because we have no more oxygen. Jesus. So... I was unaware that was even a situation, right? I had I didn't know that ventilators used oxygen. That's how little I know. I literally looked mm-hmm. up like, do ventilators use oxygen? And yes, the idea is they pop. Ventilators put oxygen into your system and take mm-hmm. carbon dioxide out of your system. Out. That's mm-hmm. what a, a ventilator basically does. Your breathing for you or fills your lungs up enough. And so they literally told him, if you can't sustain your own life after ten minutes, you're going to pass. And he passed. Because of no oxygen, not because of the ventilator. Ventilator was there, not because of the hospital bed. The hospital bed was there. There was a lack of oxygen. And when I looked it up online, and when I looked it up online, sure enough, from from the middle of March, there have been articles about how oxygen is a a, is a prime commodity. So oxygen is life. Um. So uh, that's 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 uh, it's just something that's that's a, that's an aha that's that's an aha because it was an aha to me and uh, it is an aha to okay. you. Okay, so I am, I'm, let's I'm end on a haha. 
Okay. What's I was going to flip that. Thing? <laughs> What's the one thing you cannot wait to do once you are released from your physical distance, your sequestration, <laughs> your being a man alone and playing your music? In your you, heart, you, you must you must be asking what's the second thing I look forward to doing. I clearly, <laughs> I guess, you, that must that, because I know you're intelligent and you are full of wit. <laughs> what your real question must be like? What's the second thing you can't wait to do? <laughs> like, okay, <let's>, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second thing is um lose some of this muscle tone from my right arm. Um, <laughs> I thought you were a lefty. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't even. Uh, what is the first thing I can't wait to do? I can't get wait to get on an airplane and go to Mexico. Can't wait. Can't wait. Cannot wait. My peaceful place is in Mexico, uh, and I cannot wait to get there. Uh, and then, uh, and then, see number one. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of number one and number two, and I'm not talking about the bathroom duty players. Um, what's the one thing you can't wait for? What's the one thing you can't wait for to do? To do, see, or any other action, whatever verb you want to use. I miss going to the movies. Oh. I really do. I miss, I, I, I miss going sitting, eating popcorn, watching on a big screen. I don't care how big the screens are. There's something about being in a movie theater oh. that I miss. And I mean, that's... other than the obvious, but you know. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, number two. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think the, the the interesting thing is is going to be how that industry comes back. Exactly. Right? Because um, AMC is threatening bankruptcy, yeah. which owns a lot of yeah. theaters. Uh, and others are talking about, well, there's going to be a, there's going to be a supply issue because all the productions on movies had to shut down. So there's going to be a moment. And some of the movies that were going to come out on the screen have come out on demand. I think mm -hmm. trolls being the biggest of them. Yeah. Um, so the question is, what will the movie business look like? Um, when and we the come summer blockbusters that are waiting. Yes. Yes. And some of them, some of them have already been moved to 2021, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I hope you get to do that. You may be looking at, you know, old Laurel and Hardy movies when you get to the theater. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll make your you. fare may be limited. Your fare may be limited once you get there. And <laughs> yours too, by the way. I know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking, speak, speaking of stimulation, uh, I did not get a stimulus check. <laughs> you did not. You checked. Uh, it's not, well, it's not there yet. At least it's, it, maybe it's on the way. Maybe the check is in okay. the mail. Maybe the check is in the mail. All right, That's ladies and gentlemen, this That's brings it. to a close from ha-has to ahas. I am. We should we should end with ha every week. We should end with haiku. Don't you think that would be so perfect? Haiku. You have one. Uh. No, I just, have I just have the suggestion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you better believe next week I'm going to have haiku. Haiku's okay, five, like five, 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 seven, stuff. five, right? Five, seven, five, right? Yes, 17. Haiku. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great, uh, that's a great, um, uh, what is it called? There what once was them? a sailor named Bates who did a Fandango on skates.
he did a limbo and that rendered him practically useless on dates. Yeah, Limerick's much better. I think that's uh, yeah, Limerick. <laughs> Limerick, Limerick is, is clearly the way to go. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Okay, I'm all the way in. Okay, okay, way. high cool I'm boy. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. when you, when you say it like that, hi, when you say haiku boy like that, you should make sure you have the R on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's haiku it. boy. That's it for us. <laughs> bye bye. Until next week.